0: Dr. Mike Walden, NC State economist, these tax bills. Uh, There's two of them working their way through Congress. Mm -hmm. One is passed, the House version. So let's start with the House version. And if you could just tell me if you've looked at this and what the impact could possibly be on North Carolinians and, if you can, Western North Carolinians.
1: Well, the philosophy of the House bill, and it's carried over into the Senate bill, but of course there's still differences, is to... Essentially, get the federal government and the IRS out of helping people who make certain kinds of expenditures at the expense of other kinds of expenditures. The philosophy is to have the government pull back from that, which means the base will be broadened. In other words, if, um, for example, you're buying a very expensive home and you have a big mortgage under the house plan, you wouldn't get to deduct all that interest. So the philosophy is hey, you want to buy a big house, fine, but the federal government's not going to subsidize you to do that. And then the benefit would be tax rates would be lowered. So that's the general philosophy on the individual side. Philosophy on the business side is primarily to reduce business taxes. The idea being that corporate tax is higher than in many other foreign countries. And if you reduce business taxes, that'll stimulate economic growth and generate more jobs. So that's what's behind it. Now, most people are really going to be concerned with that, what happens on the individual side. And I think there's a clear set of winners and losers. Winners are people who don't have a lot of complications in their financial life. That is, they don't have a lot of deductions. They take what's called the standard deduction, which is going to be doubled under the House plan. They're actually going to see a big benefit because they're not going to have as much income taxed, and that income is going to be taxed at a lower rate. On the other hand, people who have a lot of deductions, and this just not only including mortgage interest deductions, but health care deductions, education deductions, child expense deductions. They will be, if you have a lot of those, you'll be disadvantaged and may actually pay more.
0: Okay, now the CBO just put out an analysis yesterday that basically said that the poor over time would stand to lose in this bill. Is it easy enough to simply say that?
1: Well, that's because the bill, in order to avoid some complications in the House in passing, made a lot of the changes, particularly on the tax rate side, phase out after five years. Most observers think that that won't eventually happen, that Congress would continue those. But uh, if you look at the bill as written, and if you assume that the lower tax rates will phase out and some other things like a higher child care tax credit will phase out, then yes, that'll happen to a lot of taxpayers. My own view is that, that won't happen. This was done in order to allow the bill to um, pass mustard with um, the constraints Congress has in terms of limiting how much additional money will be borrowed over time. And then in the Senate, it's being done in order to allow the bill to pass with only a majority rather than a than 60 percent. But there will be winners and losers, even if we assume the changes will be, be made permanent. If you have a large household with a lot of children... And if you are making use of a lot of the deductions that are available, you could easily end up paying more, even from day one.
0: Even from day one. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the Democrats are saying that what this bill does is basically benefit the wealthy in a way that's disproportionate to the way that it would benefit or even hurt the poor. What would you say to that?
1: Well, we've gotten to a point in the income tax code where the majority – of income taxes federal income taxes are paid by people in the upper 10% of the income distribution so it's actually hard to write a income tax reduction plan that doesn't benefit those in the higher income brackets because those are the people given where we are now who actually pay the majority of income taxes what some have said to avoid that would be to to bring in payroll taxes Uh, taxes that individuals pay to fund Social Security. And there have been some proposals, and some of those have been from Democrat congresspeople and senators, to reduce the payroll taxes that individuals have. That would be a big plus for lower-income, middle-income, and lower-income households. The downside of that is that Social Security, which relies on the payroll tax, is facing a funding crisis of its own, The Social Security trustees forecast that by around 2036 or 2037, Social Security won't have enough money to pay out their promised benefits. So there are trade-offs all over the place, and this shows you how difficult it is to get any kind of tax changes that please everyone.
0: Yeah, and now we also have some individual things that we can point to that would only benefit the wealthy, such as repealing the estate tax. Now, of course, no Mm -hmm. poor person pays an estate tax.
1: Right. And that again, I think that's a matter of philosophy, and at least I think there is a philosophy behind that. I'm not saying I'm supporting that, but it is that if you have an estate and you've already paid money, taxes on that estate, then why do you have to pay taxes again? So I think those people who are supporting that from a philosophical point of view are using that as the approach. The other criticism you hear is that the reductions on the business side, particularly the reduction of the corporate income tax, down to 20% from 35% would benefit high-income investors. And actually, there's there's a debate about that. When I started in this business as an uh, economic faculty member 40 years ago, that was pretty much the prevailing notion that when you ask the question, who pays a corporate income tax, there are three possibilities. Investors, that is, people who own stock and corporation, consumers through higher prices, or workers through lower wages. And the prevailing Empirical research 40 years ago said that primarily people who are investors in corporations pay the corporate income tax. So if you lower the corporate income tax, you're going to primarily benefit those investors, which tend to be high-income people. There's been a set of empirical analyses recently that suggest that maybe not now, maybe that we actually are seeing more of that corporate income tax paid effectively by workers. And that's actually what the Trump economic advisors, or council economic advisors, assume. So there's actually debate there within the economics profession of who pays. If you assume that the shareholders pay the corporate income tax, then you're right, that the reduction in the corporate income tax rate will primarily benefit higher-income people. But if you assume that at least part of it is, is paid for by workers, they tend to be lower-income So if you lower the corporate income tax, they would
0: benefit also. What about the impact to North Carolina and, in particular, Western North Carolina? Is there any...
1: Well, yeah, I think the income to North Carolina will be pretty much the same as, as everywhere. Now, Western North Carolina, I think it's interesting here. I could see some adverse impacts due to the reductions in the ability to deduct home mortgage interest. And the reason I say that, I think the House bill, we cut it in half on new purchases, that is, of your mortgage interest that you pay, how much of that you could deduct from your taxable uh, income. And the reason I say that I think that could disproportionately hurt Western North Carolina is Western North Carolina's economy, a large part of that has been driven in recent decades by people retiring there. Just drive around Western North Carolina, drive around the Asheville area, you can see developments popping up everywhere. A lot of those developments cater to people on the higher income scale, and, and they're going to be buying homes that may be $1 million to $2 million and worth. So if you reduce the ability of those buyers to deduct mortgage interest, that could reduce their incentive to buy those kind of homes, and, and you could see some adverse impact on Western North Carolina.
0: Well, what about its impact on the debt? We know it's going to increase the debt pretty significantly.
1: Well, the estimate is about $1.4 trillion. I believe that's from the CPO. The administration's economists, Council of Economic Advisors, disagree with that because they're assuming economic growth is going to be much, much faster as a result of this tax bill. So again, you've got some disagreements in the economists. But even the administration's economists assume or expect some increase in borrowing by the federal government. Obviously, the downside of that is that more borrowing from the federal government means that the federal government has to pay interest on a larger amount of debt. Um, and so we that's been an issue that we've had for, <laughs> for at least three decades and with no end in sight. So, yes, it will increase the debt, but uh, if we didn't do it, we'd still have a debt problem. I mean, there's still a looming debt problem, and especially if interest rates rise, which many economists expect then the servicing on that debt becomes even more expensive and crowds out other funding possibilities in the budget.
0: You're a respected economist here in North Carolina, and I'm not sure if you can answer this, but if you had a vote on either of these bills, the House or the Senate version, would you be a yes or a no?
1: I think I do worry about the impact on households of different income levels. So I would like to see something that was bigger, that not just dealt with income taxes, but also dealt with payroll taxes. Uh, One thing that's been been advised or recommended is that we expand the amount of income that's subject to payroll taxes, something that doesn't affect lower-income people because they already have all their income subject to payroll taxes. But when you get up in the higher-income levels, especially people making a million and over, all of their income is not subject to payroll taxes. So something that could be done would be to raise that limit, which would mean higher-income people would pay more of the burden, tax burden for things like Social Security and, and disability and even Medicare, and that would allow us to perhaps reduce Payroll taxes for middle and lower income people. So hey, that's something if I if I had a vote, which obviously I don't, but at least something that I would want that I would recommend be explored. And I think that would help reduce this concern about these tax changes being overwhelmingly beneficial to higher
0: income people. Gotcha. And not to oversimplify, but because this is so complex, I think people really want to know from people who are in the know. Whether or not you know there's a net gain from this bill or a net loss, and so if you didn't get the changes that you wanted, would you be a no on this bill?
1: I might, uh, but I'm not elected, so I don't know that I (laughs) want to. I don't want to answer your question directly. I see. But um, I, I do think that I do like the idea of trying to incentivize the economy more, incentivize businesses more. I do worry that. The corporate income tax rate that U.S. businesses pay is significantly higher than what businesses in other countries pay, so I do think there's some room for some improvement there. But what I would like to see is would be more efforts to equalize the be- benefits across income levels.
0: You know, there's also uh, been reported this impact on graduate students, impacts on universities. Right. Uh, right. You know, right. your your institution might be impacted,
1: right? Well, the bottom line here, I think, the big picture is, what do you think federal income tax system should do? Should it be a system that its primary goal is to raise revenue for the federal government, which would mean you'd want to not pick favorites? For example, the deduction of mortgage interest for homebuyers. There's no comparable deduction for renters. So some say that's tilting the scales toward buying homes and hurts people who don't have the money to buy homes. The point I, I think that I would argue people to look at would be, should we have a tax system that's primary goal is just raise income for the federal government, which would mean you wouldn't take favorites, you wouldn't have a lot of deductions, exemptions, and credits, you would tax income broadly, but do it at a lower rate. That's one system. And this, these proposals move toward that. They don't do go all the way they move toward that. Or should part of the goal of the tax system be to motivate people to make certain kinds of expenditures? Uh, That is educational expenditures, healthcare expenditures, buying a home, et cetera. So that's, to me, that's really the crux of the debate. What do we want our tax system to do?
0: All right. Well, Dr. Walden, thanks so much for helping us figure it out.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for calling.